Good morning. We have a couple of scriptures today from the books of Matthew and Mark. The first scripture from Matthew 4. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent! Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Through 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus was of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of God for the people of God. So, as we talk about it means to thrive, not just survive, but to thrive, it got me thinking that sometimes, most of the time, maybe all the times, in order to thrive, back to foundations. The foundations, as we're on the cusp of football. Anybody excited about that? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. I know we are. So every football team, every marching band, we throw in volleyball season because people playing volleyball. When they start, they get back to the fundamentals things before they start building on and going forward. And I think that applies to us too uh, as a church. Um, one of the fundamentals, one of the fundamental beliefs that we have that we need to remember as a church in order to thrive, the good news about the kingdom. If we had an hour, we could start to delve down into the different ways, churches, church traditions, be it progressive or conservative, have talked about the gospel. We don't have time to do that. So talked about the gospel. Matthew, from that minor, that means think differently. Repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news in every sickness among the people. Immediately point up as the king of the universe, king of the world, that his motivation out of love is focused on others. Immediately in the scriptures, he went from proclaiming the kingdom, says he went around the Galilee, sickness among the people. Same thing in Mark. Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the news of God or the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Again, this good news is, I think this is one of the most fundamental beliefs that this gospel, the good news of Jesus, that in Jesus, the reign of God is present in the world. In other words, that Jesus, in Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand or is present, is breaking into the world. And get this, and that we have it personally and church. You know, scholars point out that gospel, it wasn't just a, wasn't just a written thing. It wasn't like, oh, it's good news. It was a proclamation of something. It's the breaking end of the kingdom. In the, I don't know anybody familiar with Dillard. Um, he passed away several years ago, but he, he was a phenomenal Christian author. Uh, he was actually a philosophy professor at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. I, I consider him one, uh, but I, I consider him a mentor. Millions. And in his book, Divine Conspiracy, Willard talks about this good news of Jesus as king. He says this, and I quote, The gospel is the good news of the presence and availability of forever through reliance on Jesus 
the anointing. Put it differently, what, what Willer was getting at was that the gospel, that Jesus is king, is both personal and for the community, the church. For on one hand, the gospel is an invitation to individuals to repent and follow, to learn a new way to be human. Have you ever thought about it like that? A new, in the, created in the, in the image of God. And on the other hand, is the call to come together as a people and join with him in his kingdom mission in the world. So this, this gospel, as the gospel, as, as the, 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 we know that that is a gov. You may be familiar with that word. It's a Greek word. It's the way that the New Testament, agape is a word, Greek word that means self-giving, self-sacrificing, others-focused love. It's the love of God for the world, people who follow Jesus, that we are sharing, self-sacrificing love. In our Methodist lingo, we call it holy love. That's what John Wesley called it, holy love. So in light of this good news, in light of this foundational, fundamental truth, again, the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. The motion of this kingdom is self-giving love, others-focused love. That means discipleship. This is neat. I like this. Discipleship is the process of moving from a kingdom of kingdom of others' focusedness in life. Connect with God and the Holy Spirit must. It's an internal to external movement. The internal transformation that leads to external behavior. If you're curious, if you go back and read Matthew 5 through exclamation, that's what that entire part is about. Internal behavior. Another one, as Jesus' followers... As we are learning to operate out of this love, it impacts everything we do. So adults, it impacts our jobs, how we focus, how we, how we get them focused jobs, full stop. I believe that as we, as we apply this kingdom understanding of the gospel, that whatever we're called to do, whatever we find out of a kingdom motive, the question the gospels for us and for others. We live it out in the world. You know, kids, uh, teens, college students, I think this gospel, this kingdom gospel impacts how we do school. It includes school. To learn about God's world and how to, and how to serve has wired you and, how God, and what puts in your area of interest. You do that with a kingdom mindset. Plus, it impacts how you treat others <laughs> on your campus which uh, be tough places to be. So to thrive, repent and believe the good news about King Jesus and his kingdom. Amen? So I want to turn to a little bit of uh, time of, of confession, I guess we'll call it. During this sermon, I kept going back to a couple of them of God as I think about kingdom, as I think about being God's kingdom workers in the world, couple things kept coming up in my mind. Two areas that I struggle with that I do not think I'm alone in. One, I think me, I think we get bogged down in the details as sometimes and miss the big picture. I know I do, and if anybody wants to say amen, you can. I get bogged down sometimes and bent out of shape on small things. Mr. Irritate me, um, things that we, small things, anybody, anybody, can I, anybody relate? Things that happen. I mean, after all, we are, we are soaked in consumer culture. 
meaning that uh, we are constantly in environments that cater to us. And so I think this definitely impacts how we do church. I've been one of the, uh, there's a YouTube, well-known controversial comedian that I want. Um, uh, he's a brilliant, uh, he's a brilliant social commentator. Um, but he was talking about traveling and he had recently come back from a trip and he'd been on an airplane and just the, uh, while he was on this trip, to hanging out on the tarp, rough, rough trips. But he talked about one particular moment. He was sitting next to a guy, and this was several years ago, and Wi-Fi on planes was brand new. So internet on planes was brand new. And they, they were on their computers, on iPads, Wi-Fi cut out. And the stewardess put it out, and um, there's nothing we can do about it right now. Said so the guy next to him just lost. He was like, this is I can't believe this, and blah, 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 just started griping and complaining. And this comedian said, a metal, air-pressured, 150 miles an hour. We are 30,000 New York, Los Angeles, in a few hours. We are traveling further in a few hours than most people in the history of the world ever traveled their entire lives. We're going on a trip that would have taken a lifetime to travel. And we're griping about souls and honey-roasted peanuts. He said that everybody on the plane, everybody during the trip should constantly be going, whoa, windows, like, that's the world. We're in there doing nothing but just sitting here. Church world. And maybe you can relate. That when I get tempted to focus on the small details of things and frustrated that I miss the big picture, that I'm invited by God to partner with him, his kingdom ministry project in the world. When we get bogged down in the details, sometimes we miss the 30,000-foot view that we have been invited by God to be partners in ministry. He calls us friends to be partners in the world. Let's think that we've been called. I think we'd be wise to, to do that. I think that's partially what Jesus was talking about in Luke 18, verse 17, when he said, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God. It's like they put their faith to go on it. Amazing. So I think for us to thrive, and one of the foundations, we get back to the sense of awe that God has called us into partnership. And if you know anything about the comparison, incredibly unique to us partners and friends. Second of struggle that I don't think I'm alone in also comes from travel. Uh, and it's the struggle of a looming sense of insignificance sometimes. Years um, and traveling through some of the largest cities in the world, through uh, Tokyo, Japan, Bangkok, Nairobi, Kenya, London, Paris, just to name a few. And you fly in and you see the expanse of people. You drive through the cities and you just lives that are there. And you just wonder about the concern and struggles that every one of those people have. Have you ever felt like that when you're traveling and landing, taking off, and you just see just the vastness of the world? You couple that with um, world's most beautiful scenery, just back in National Park, just sitting on the edge, sitting on the edge of this amazing space of mountains and glacier-fed lake in the middle of this enormous beauty. And at night, you could just see, and just reflecting on that, it made me feel small. 
So this, this sense of insignificance, like what difference am I going to make? <laughs> this little old me, one person in a small, relatively small city, in a state, in one. And yet, in God's kingdom, that God knows each and every one of us and has gifted us and that we get to part, have a part in his kingdom ministry. It's been said, um, this isn't a quote, but it's, he said something along the lines of God is a big universe. That's part of the, it's possible the kingdom. Let me say that again. God is a big universe God who also knows my name. There are bigger roles and there are small, smaller roles. And there are, there are no insignificant roles. As Bruce and I were talking this week, uh, as he's preaching right now in Founders Hall, we were just sharing, sharing ideas and thoughts, and uh, we both started reflecting on just what seems like small things. One thing that we got to do last Monday uh, from Hattiesburg High School, going and serving breakfast for the teachers at Hattiesburg High School as they start yet another year with COVID restrictions, having to wear masks and social distance and all the stress. Go up from the church down the street across on, at Hasford High School and campus and say, hey, we're from Parkway Highs. Where's that? It's the church across from Taco Bell and Hart Street. Oh, yeah, I know that church. Um, so we, we can embrace that description, right? Uh, but just the, the sense of act of kindness was not another school year. Who are doing kingdom work on that campus with students, many of whom come from really tough backgrounds? That's just one example of the kingdom ministry happening and things that we do in the community. It's happening. I don't know if your struggle is on the end of getting bogged down in the details of life and uh, losing the perspective of the awesomeness of the call we have as individuals and as a church. Or if it's the ambiguous of life, it's the struggle of feeling. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ is king. We are loved. And we are called individually and as a church to be part of his kingdom project in the world. To thrive as part of his king. And our calling as God's kingdom agents right here, right now in Hattiesburg. And that's an important return to the fundamentals. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we all say, Amen. Amen.